0: Welcome to Treadmill Talks with Shannon Maves, a podcast for athletes and fitness enthusiasts to pass the time during mind-numbing cardio while I use my no-bullshit coaching style to educate, inspire, and entertain. I'm your host, Shannon Maves. Now let's walk and talk. All right, I told y'all I was going to do an entire episode on sodium because I am so sick of all the misinformation out there demonizing it. And here it is episode 10 of Treadmill Talks, the one where I get salty. Today, I'm going to be discussing the reasons why salt tends to be so misunderstood and clearing up the bullshit rumors about it. Let's start by clarifying exactly what sodium even is, at least as it applies to nutrition. Sodium is an essential mineral and the most abundant electrolyte found in the body. It's necessary for conducting nerve impulses, contracting and relaxing muscles, maintaining fluid balance, as well as regulating blood pressure and blood volume. Salt is actually a combination of two minerals, sodium and chloride. And one gram of salt has 400 milligrams of sodium. So it's important to understand that sodium and salt are not synonymous. Now, the RDA recommends a sodium intake of less than 2,300 milligrams per day, but I am calling bullshit on that. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, it's 2023, and the study that they are still referring back to for this suggested intake was conducted in the 1960s by some guy named Louis Dahl. But 60 fucking years later, and they're still telling us to eat less sodium because of what they discovered during one single study that was conducted on rats 60 fucking years ago. Their argument for promoting a low-sodium diet is because that when the rats in this study were given 150 times the human-equivalent dose of sodium, their blood pressure increased. 150 times. And what about all of the other studies that have been done since then? Where's the mention of the intersalt study that showed no correlation between sodium intake and blood pressure? Or what about the Framingham offspring study that showed how blood pressure increased when sodium was restricted to less than 2300 milligrams per day? And... Why is there no mention about how it is well agreed upon that low potassium can cause high blood pressure? Why isn't any of that discussed? I've actually linked all of those studies in the show notes for anyone who wants to see for themselves. Now, there are definitely people out there who are salt sensitive and do see an increase in blood pressure and sometimes experience things like edema when they increase their sodium. But correlation does not always mean causation, because oftentimes these people are experiencing negative side effects from increased sodium due to other underlying conditions like insulin resistance or kidney dysfunction. And generally speaking, those types of conditions can be corrected when diet and lifestyle changes are made. For example, sodium helps to prevent bacteria from growing, which makes it a very popular preservative. And highly processed foods use a lot of preservatives. Restaurants also use a lot more sodium than the average person uses in their own kitchen. So when someone with high blood pressure decides to start making healthier lifestyle choices and they choose not to go out to eat as often or they decide not to swing by McDonald's on their way home from work or they start swapping their usual frozen dinners for something like fresh protein and fresh veggies, then their sodium intake will inevitably decrease a ton. And then when their blood pressure starts to go down as well, For some reason, all of these other variables get overlooked, and sodium gets blamed for causing their high blood pressure. One thing that I actually do agree with the RDA on in regards to sodium is that they don't give a suggested intake for athletes. Reason being is that our activity level greatly impacts our need for sodium. Because when we are more active, we sweat more. And when we sweat, we not only lose water, but electrolytes as well. And since sodium is the most abundant electrolyte in the body, we need even more of it than individuals who are more sedentary. But most people aren't aware that the RDA does not have a recommended intake for athletes. And lots of athletes out there are not getting enough sodium, which is crazy dangerous. Athletes in all kinds of different sports have been hospitalized and even died from sodium deficiency, but not the other way around. This is one reason why sports drinks like Gatorade are popular and marketed towards athletes, because they replenish the electrolytes that are lost from sweat during strenuous physical activities. And not to go off on a tangent, but the sugar in those drinks is also beneficial for giving the body quick energy when performing vigorous exercise. In the bodybuilding world, there have been a number of athletes who have suffered negative effects from cutting sodium during peak week. Some coaches will assign protocols to their athletes instructing them to significantly reduce or even completely eliminate sodium in order to get rid of water retention on show day. But uh, we can't exactly pick and choose where our body holds water. And our muscles need to be hydrated in order to look full. So when you cut sodium, sure, you might lose some water weight but it's not like it's only subcutaneous water. Cutting sodium is going to cause your muscles to look flatter, which is not what we're going for if the goal is to compete in a physique competition. Plus, cutting sodium is going to make you feel like shit. Because low sodium can also cause fatigue, headaches, muscle cramps and muscle weakness, brain fog, and insomnia. And when we don't get enough sodium, it can actually cause our kidneys to retain more sodium. This adds stress on the kidneys, which leads to them producing excess cortisol and adrenaline. And when your carbs are low, your kidneys are already being taxed. And if you're on any enhancements like oral steroids, then you're just fucking your shit up even worse. If you listen to my episode about hormones, I discussed how thyroid can get pretty slow deep into a competition prep. Well, one of many side effects of hypothyroidism is hyponatremia, which is the fancy term for when your body has too much water and not enough sodium. So oftentimes people with a slow thyroid actually need even more sodium. So we now know that the RDA doesn't give a recommended intake for sodium to athletes because they are more active. And competition prep is already pretty taxing on the kidneys as is. And if we add in enhancements, it's going to be even more so. And bodybuilders tend to have a slower thyroid later in competition prep due to the extreme diets. So why in the fuck are competitors still under the impression that they need to cut sodium to peak for a show? If anything, sodium should increase or at least stay consistent during prep. When you're in prep, you need to be pretty intentional about keeping sodium consistent because as food gets lower, deeper into a cut, sodium inevitably gets lower as well. And when we start to really prioritize whole foods, sodium can drop pretty significantly due to how depleted our soil has become from the mass production of crops. And really, anyone who eats a diet consisting of primarily whole foods might not be getting enough sodium for this exact same reason. And the depleted soil doesn't just affect our sodium intake, but a lot of other vitamins and minerals as well. Which is why a lot of competitors will start supplementing with more and more things as they get closer to a show, because they're not getting as many nutrients as they had been when they were eating more food. If you don't go out to eat very often and you eat primarily whole foods and you don't add much salt to your meals, you might notice well, for one, that you feel like shit, but also that you tend to crave more salty foods, which I think is pretty clear after everything I've mentioned that those types of cravings are due to a sodium deficiency. But even if you are getting enough sodium, you might still experience cravings for salty foods. And this is an evolutionary craving that we've developed from our ancestors. They would hunt all day and sweat a ton losing sodium, which was hard for them to get much of, you know, since they had to hunt and gather and shit, and they didn't just have a salt shaker on their dining room table. So when they did come across something with more sodium it would give them this rush of dopamine and dopamine is addictive that dopamine addiction is what a lot of people confuse as being a salt or a sugar addiction but if you were truly addicted to salt or sugar you'd be eating salt licks and drinking honey what's really going on is an addiction to the rush of dopamine that we get when we eat something hyperpalatable Hyperpalatable foods are things like pizza, burgers, cookies, cakes, chips, and other junk foods. But these foods aren't just high in salt or just high in sugar. They're a combination of multiple ingredients that when put together, make them taste really fucking good. And salt is one of those ingredients that make shit taste really fucking good. Food manufacturers literally hire food scientists to come up with the perfect ratio of things like salt, sugar, and fat to make their foods irresistible so that once you start eating them, you don't want to stop because then you're going to buy more. They don't give a shit if you become obese, you're money in their pocket. And salt is a great ingredient to get you to eat more. And it's a cheap preservative for those ultra processed foods to have a longer shelf life. Some people are going to argue that they don't want to increase their sodium because every time they eat something super salty, they retain too much water. And yeah, this is going to happen if you are chronically under consuming sodium, because our bodies are always trying to achieve homeostasis, which is why thirst increases after eating something super salty because our body likes to have a certain ratio of water to sodium. So if you average, let's say, 2,000 milligrams of sodium per day, and you go out to eat with some friends and suddenly jump up to 5,000 milligrams in one day, and you don't drink enough water to balance it out, then yeah, you're going to get a bit puffy. But on the flip side, if you overhydrate, you can flush out all of that sodium, which oddly enough, can make you feel even more thirsty. And if you continue to drink plain water, then you continue to flush out more and more sodium and other electrolytes from your body. And that's when dangerous shit can happen. Take it from me. I got my sodium and electrolytes all out of whack last year. I had been dealing with muscle cramps leading into my first show of the season, and I had always been told that it was due to dehydration or not enough potassium. So your girl was just chugging all kinds of water and supplementing with potassium. Well, now that I look back, I feel like a fucking idiot because I was just making everything so much worse by flushing out all of my sodium and continuing to drink plain water, causing me to feel even more thirsty, which ended up making my muscle cramps worse Causing both of my calves to cramp up on stage, ultimately resulting in me butchering my posing routine. It was honestly pretty devastating because you work so hard for months, really even years, to get to that stage day. And placement aside, you just want to do your best. So when I fucked up that badly, I was so pissed at myself. And that's when I started to dive deeper into all of this. Once I started to increase my sodium, I noticed that my energy improved tremendously and when I started adding salt to my pre-workout meal and my intra workout drink, suddenly my pumps in the gym were fucking unreal. Probably because sodium increases blood volume and oxygenates the blood, which is going to help with both muscle pumps and nutrient absorption. After lots of trial and error, I've now found that I personally feel and perform my best when I consume about 5 grams of sodium per day, which is pretty in line with the Journal of American Medicine Association's recommendation of 4 to 6 grams per day. I've linked this study in the show notes as well. Now, keep in mind that there are lots of variables that affect sodium intake, and everyone is different. We've gone over how activity level plays a big role and how much sodium you need to consume, but things like geographical location should also be considered since differences in temperature and even altitude can affect how much we need. Our genetics, our current diet, medications, and medical conditions can also contribute to how much we need. And yes, you absolutely can get too much sodium, especially if you have any kidney issues, insulin resistance, or live a more sedentary lifestyle. But can we please stop blaming sodium for high blood pressure and water retention? Because those are typically side effects of other underlying issues and lifestyle choices. For an otherwise healthy adult, sodium doesn't seem to have any negative effects until it gets to be above eight grams per day, which is a lot of fucking sodium. I want to end this episode by stating that I am not a medical doctor and you should always consult your physician or a registered dietitian if you have any concerns about things like sodium or high blood pressure, kidney health, et cetera. But I also want to encourage you to be an advocate for yourself and not be afraid to question your doctor and do your own research because ultimately you are responsible for how you treat and nourish your body. And if you want help getting your diet so dialed in that you find exactly how much sodium is ideal for you, or if you want a competition coach who isn't going to pull sodium from your plan during peak week, then click the link in the show notes to apply to work with me. And thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to treadmill talks. If this episode taught you something lit a fire under your ass, or at least helped you forget how long you've been walking in place, please leave a review or take a screenshot to share on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at Shannon Maves so I can give you some love right back. And thanks again for listening to my treadmill talk.